Hey everybody, Christopher and I may be feeling a little under the weather, but that doesn't mean we can't answer your mailbag questions. The date is September 8th, 2018, and you're listening to episode 5 of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. What a piece of junk! Those stories about what happened. It's true. All of it. Hey everybody, welcome to a new episode of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. As always, I am your host, Brian Miller, and I've got with me the, uh, what, uh, I don't even know what to call you this week, man. I think we're both feeling like crap. Uh, I'll just say you were the right nut to my left nut. How's that? Oh, recycled jokes are wonderful. How's everybody doing? I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, gotta gotta love the classics, man. Hey everybody, uh, like I said, welcome to the Star Wars Canon Podcast. Uh, This episode may be a little shorter than usual, uh, Chris and I are both feeling a little under the weather. Uh, I stayed home from work today, which is kind of unheard of. So, uh, I th- I figured since last week we didn't do a mailbag uh, section to the podcast, that's all we would do this week. And uh, you know, before we get into the mailbag questions, though, I-, I figured we'd go over real quick what came out this week on Canon and what comes out next week, just so everybody has a, a rundown of uh, what to be looking for. All right. Uh, but before we get into even that, I uh, just want to let everybody know. Uh, this is a uh, this is a weekly show now, but we've got a lot of other shows lined up for you guys monthly for the patrons uh, and stuff like that. So make sure to head over to the Patreon uh, for the Star Wars Canon Library uh, and Realm of the Mist. Make sure to check those out uh, for any exclusive content you guys might be interested in there. Uh, but what do you say we jump in real quick and just talk about some of the new canon, some stuff coming up this week, and then we'll get into everybody's questions. How's that sound, bud? You're the boss, boss. Alrighty. I just realized I sound like dude from a Green Mile. Yeah. <laughs> You do, really, yeah. yeah. And I feel like the dude from Green Mile after uh, the chair. Oh. Um, uh, yeah, I know, right? So, uh, new Michael canon Clark this week. Michael Clark Duncan, for those that wanted to know. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, well, I figured everybody knew that, but... That's a uh, Let's see here. New canon for this week. The expanded edition, the novelization of Solo, a Star Wars story, dropped this week. Uh, very excited to pick that up. Uh, Chris, yeah, I think on the last week's episode, you said you were going to pick it up? Well, yeah, probably this weekend. I haven't picked cool. it up yet, obviously. <laughs> well, I know you're more of a paperback kind of guy. Well, not only my paperback kind of guy, it's uh, I usually do my shopping on the weekend, so. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Well, it sucks, too, because Monday I went and picked up the hardback edition of Thrawn that I sent out to our, our winner for the live Q&A and didn't even realize I should have waited a day to go to Barnes & Noble because I could have just got them both at the same time, but that's that's what I get for not thinking. There you uh, go. Also, also this week we've got the, uh, well, just came out the, I guess, uh, Wednesday? Uh, Dr. Afra annual number two. I can't believe we've already had two annuals. Like, that's crazy to think of. It doesn't seem like Afra's been around that long. I, I, <laughs> I, I got your opinion on that. And then also, uh, issue number 53 of Star Wars dropped this week, which this arc right now for Star Wars is pretty good. The Hope Dies arc. It's... It's 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 a pretty good arc so far. I mean, issue fifty was the kickoff for this arc, and it was a thick one. It was a really thick one. It was a good one though. Uh, but that's all that came out this week. Uh, like I said, not a whole lot in the way of news and stuff of of new stuff, you know. So, uh, and coming out next Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, we've got the conclusion to the comic adaptation of the Last Jedi, Last Jedi number six. 
And uh, Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith number 21. Dude, I, I know, like, last week we were going to talk about the, the uh, Vader run, and I completely forgot to go back to it, dude. What are your thoughts on this new Vader run so far? The best uh, comic book run in the Star Wars franchise, bar Comple- none. Completely agree. This and thing- I'm, I'm throwing it over top of, like, uh, Son of Dathomir. I'm throwing it over top of uh, the comic incarnations of like dark force rising like this is the number one comic run i think in star wars history oh no it's absolutely sick i read issues 19 and 20 today uh got caught up and it, it is absolutely in freaking insane how cool this comic is like you wanted vate like when we were talking about remember when rogue one was coming out everybody wanted like a badass vader scene which we got and, which we got but i mean like they really wanted to see Vader in his prime. That's what this comic is. It is the absolute shit. It is awesome. So uh, make sure to go check out those issues at your local comic book store this week. Uh, they should be there. Well, I think Wednesday's comic day, comic day. So uh, make sure to go check those out. Is it wrong of me that I would really love a uh, crossover story arc in some way, shape, or form of having this incarnation of Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, meeting up with Maul? No. No, I, I mean, actually, obviously, Maul would have to escape because of canon reasons, but I mm-hmm. would love to see a confrontation between the two. There's nothing to say that that can't happen because, I mean, Maul knows about Vader in Rebels. Um, you know, and, and even in Rebels, Maul kind of ran off before Vader showed up, you know? so And so, yeah, I, I would love to see that. That'd be sick as hell, you know? So, uh, yeah, because we don't know what Maul was really up to uh, between um, the end of Clone Wars... And beginning, or where he popped up in Rebels, we don't really know a whole lot of what he was up to. We know he started leading Crimson Dawn now because yeah, of Solo. He got but, involved with the criminal underworld, with the, with the syndicates. But I mean, we don't know a whole lot of other than that. You know what I mean? So right, yeah, that'd be really really cool to see. I, I mean, holy crap! Yes, please. Go. Now that you said that, and I didn't realize I needed that in my life. Well, just, just thinking about like the primal anger of Vader in this comic run, mixed with the primal rage of Maul, would just be an insane story arc. Oh, it would be absolutely amazing, dude. Like, it would be absolutely sick. So, uh, yeah, definitely. That That's something I would really, really like to see. Let us know, guys, in the comment section below. What did you guys think? How would you like to see Maul pop up into this new Vader run? Do you think that's something that they uh, should touch on? Do you think that's something they should do? Or do you think Chris is just, like, batshit crazy and he just needs to... Uh Actually, I'm not going to say that because I know some people actually say he's batshit crazy. I was about to say, you're, yeah, you're, so you're, you're opening you that up, window yeah. way too wide. Of yeah, course I'm batshit crazy. Yeah, but is it a bad. good idea? <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it a good idea, everybody? Let us know. I'd love to see your guys' thoughts on that. All right. What do you say we get into some mailbag questions, man? Right I've on. got I've got seven of them lined up. I went through and kind of tried to pick out a, uh, a, a variety of different topics. So let's just jump right into these. Question number one this week comes from Mark O'Hare. And uh, Mark says, really glad to see you guys back talking Star Wars again. It sucks you have to take a break each year, but it's understandable. Uh, maybe over the course of the next couple of years, you'll get enough patrons to be able to do this full time. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Holy crap. My question is concerning Maul's appearance in Solo. What do you think the point of slipping that in there was? It's kind of weird to just drop him in a film out of the blue. Love to hear your thoughts and keep up the great work. Well, we were just kind of touching on that a little bit. We know he was doing the crime syndicate thing, but, uh, I think personally what I think it was, was the beginning of a new story arc for Maul. Because everything else was wrapped up at this point. Like, every other story arc that Maul was involved in was wrapped up. So, this was just the beginning of a new one for us. I, that's really what, I, that's all I see it as. Uh, me, personally, I, I'll agree with that. I think that's what it's turned into. But quite honestly, it was fan service. 
It was to give it was to give them a pop and put a Jedi of some form in the movie. That's all it was. Yeah, because we did see the lightsaber. I mean, it's yeah, you're right. I mean, so far every single Star Wars film's had a lightsaber in it now, hadn't it? Yep. Yeah, it's a, it's almost like they don't know how to make a Star Wars movie without one. It's more shocking that R two and three PO weren't in Solo in some way. Yeah, that felt really jarring, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. no, I would have. It would. I th- yeah, no, I would have. I don't know though. Like to me, it it would almost because of the story of what Solo was. It almost feels like that would have been more forced than Maul. Because if Maul is kind of getting in with the crime syndicates, you know, and you had Dryden Voss there, who is part of a crime syndicate, it, it makes sense that Maul would be there. But the droids, like, do they really need to be in Solo? No, they don't. I'm just saying, it, you know, uh, we had a, we had a run going that there was always a lightsaber ign- ignition in every Star Wars uh, movie, and R2 and 3PO made some form of appearance in some way in every mm-hmm. Star Wars movie. Uh, at the point, 3PO was, you know, uh, a protocol droid to uh, Senator, uh, not Senator Organa, but uh. uh uh, princess Leia. I don't know mm-hmm. why I brain farted the fact she was a princess at the time. Um, <laughs> so she she could have sent him as an envoy, even as a as a uh, as a hologram message, maybe to Dryden or something of that nature. You know, mm-hmm. warning about uh, shipping lanes too close to Alderaan or some shit like that, and it, it still would have <laughs> kept the tradition alive. You know what I mean? Right. I'm glad yeah, they no, didn't. I, 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 I'm sure it wouldn't fit, but I mean, there were there were ways they could have snuck them in if they really wanted to. Yeah, no, there's there's ways to shoehorn characters in. I mean, because because like like we were talking about earlier, we don't know what these characters are up to in between, you know, and you won't know until all of a sudden they just magically randomly pop up somewhere like, oh, okay, so they were there, you know, like, so I think that's all it was. I think I think you're right. I think it was mainly to be fan service at first. And then I now they could build off it. it. Yeah, I think so. So Uh, see, because my first thought was they were doing like a Han movie, a Lando movie. And then, like, something else. And then each one was going to have, like, the subplot of Maul throughout the whole thing, right? Oh, my God. How fucked up would it be if Maul, while running the uh, Crimson Dawn uh, Syndicate, uh, was based and hidden and on Tatooine the whole time and had no idea he was that close to Obi-Wan? Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. Well, we know he was on Dathomir. But... But yeah, the fact, I mean, I would love to see Maul on Tatooine at some point and just like keep sensing something out of like just the corner of his mind, just like nagging at him. Like he's like, mm-hmm. what is that? You know, <laughs> like he can sense him around. That'd be awesome. I'd love to see something like that. Uh, thanks for the question, Mark. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we're glad to be back too, man. We really are. Thanks, brother. Uh, this name I have a hard time with. It sounds French, but it's Shannon Tradeo. Tradeo? I think it's pronounced, I think it's pronounced Tradeo or Tradu. A Trudeau, maybe. Yeah, it ends with an X, so I'm assuming it's Trudeau. Uh We apologize for, for butchering Yeah, names. I'm no good with names. <laughs> I'm no good with names. Anybody who's been watching knows I'm not. But uh, Shannon says, I'm convinced that Carrie Russell on episode 9 is going to be Kira, Mara Jade. What do you think? Big fan of you guys. Chris, I'm going to let you start that one. I'm still not sure if Kira is Mara Jade. I, I know that's been a rumor going around. I wouldn't be surprised if it is Kira, though. Um, I, I've been seeing, like, internet chatter around that maybe Han and Kira did uh, copiate at some point. You know, I, I'm trying to use a big word here because I'm trying not to mm. be dirty. But <laughs> conceive. They, conceive, thank you. I'm, I, yeah. I, there, there's no other way to put it. Uh, basically, they bumped uglies at least once, and somehow, some way, that was the formation of Ray, and that's why... Uh, 
uh, Ben lied to her in The Last Jedi. So I I could buy that it's Kira, like an older Kira, but I don't really buy that it's Ray's mother. Or at least at least not yeah. that storyline of yeah, it it's being not Ray's mom. No, I mean it could be it could be it could be uh, could be Kira and Dryden's daughter for all we know. I don't well no Dryden's dead, but I mean like for all yeah. we know. But I really don't see that as being the main reason why she's there. If that makes any sense, I I I, I tend not to think that I don't go into this thinking that certain people are playing certain characters because you remember when episode. Eight was coming out, and everybody thought that Laura Dern was going to be Ray's mother. You remember that? Like everybody was like, "Oh yeah, she's going to be Ray's mother." They look a lot alike. This is going to be great. No, <laughs> like well, again, like, wasn't also the rumor close. that wasn't also the rumor that she was supposed to be Mary Jade because she is older, and so is Luke Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it just a lot. Of, I mean, just rumors and theories start. You see, the problem nowadays is that theories fly and then people like theories so much they try to say oh that's rumor and then rumor turns into oh god there must have been a report somewhere of that so they just take it as fact and then when it doesn't happen everybody gets pissed off because they had the wool pulled over their eyes hey look i'll say it straight out it's always fun to speculate but it's always it, it it's, it's, it's always best to remember that it's purely speculation and don't get your hopes up on a speculation yep that's exactly that's there's a difference between speculating and and uh God, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Building false conf- hope. Yeah, kind of confirming in your own head ahead of time. You know that you're right. So, yeah. But uh, do I think Carrie Russell's going to be Kira and Mary Jade? No, I don't think so. Um, I don't think. I, I, she's probably going to be some. I don't know. It's. I feel like she's going to be some, you know, resistance soldier or, you know, something like Dominique Monaghan's going to be a First Order trooper you know something like that it's just i don't think i don't know i could be completely wrong though well that's the thing especially when you have jj abrams directing any of these uh, actors and actresses no matter how big they they are could very well just be a cameo appearance or not even an appearance you would know again look at daniel craig as the stormtrooper in the in, uh, the force awakens right you kevin know. smith in the force awakens voice in the one yeah, uh, stormtrooper on Takodana, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, just complete cameos, even though they're big enough names to have parts in, mm-hmm. and characters in the Star Wars universe. Well, even Tom Hardy in Last Jedi, they cut his scene, but the, he had a scene in Last Jedi where he kind of did the sports butt slap on on Finn when he's like, "Oh, you got a promotion, nice pop," right? You know, <laughs> like and and stuff like that. So, well, it, you could you could even argue the point that the uh, Master Codebreaker was nothing more than a, a cameo appearance. I mean, he didn't even have a line, really, a line of dialogue. He yeah, had like that's, one that's, line, and he and he stuttered like, it's just, "Oh God, that stutter!" No, no, um, I wasn't talking about DJ. I'm talking about the actual the, oh, the, the, the actual code breaker, the actual oh, code yeah. breaker. Mm-hmm. Not now, lovey. <laughs> I'm on a roll. <laughs> that, that one, yeah. <laughs> oh God. Um, I don't think Kira and Mary Jade are the same person, but I mean, it's possible Carrie Russell could be. Mar- I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing a Mary Jade character pop up, but I feel like by now you would have heard a mention of her somewhere else. Especially with the last Jedi novelization going into Luke's head and stuff, I really think you would have heard a mention of her at some point. Well, there's nothing that says just because it's Mary Jade, it has to be Skywalker's wife. She could right. still be the Emperor's hand, or she could just simply be a reformed uh, assassin. Or there, there's so many different things that Mary Jade could still represent. You know, again, it doesn't have to follow exactly uh, EU. It's just the character itself returning that would be the most important thing I think to fans. Of course, right. there will be ones that will complain that, oh, she's not that. She's the Emperor's fist and blah, 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 blah. But in reality, it's just be happy the character's back. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, 
I hope that answers your question, Shannon. I, I, not necessarily do we agree with you, but we don't necessarily disagree with you either. So Kind of a uh, wait and see. It's one of those things where the closer we get, the more I'll talk about a little more, but it's, it's interesting to think about. Uh, question number three this week comes from William Butler. I think I've had a question from William Butler before. Sounds familiar. Uh, William says, yeah, it does. He says, uh, first off, welcome back. Glad to hear you two miking it up again. Uh-huh. Uh, Cl- <laughs> Clone Wars is back. So excited. I agree with you guys that Padme will discover she's pregnant in this season, but I have to say I'm with Brian. I think the series will end at Order 66 and Ahsoka escaping. My question is, do you think if they don't show it in the series that we'll get another Ahsoka novel somewhere down the road telling that story? Thank you for what you do. Love you guys. I'm still holding on to my belief that uh, they'll give Dave Filoni another animated movie. If they don't do Order 66 at the end of this season, they'll do a movie. Mm -hmm. I I don't think you could put that as epic of a scale in just a book. As cool as the book would be, I don't think you could just put it in a book. Well, I wouldn't mind seeing them finish the series off with like a like an hour and a half long, which should essentially be a movie, be it like an hour and a half long finale. You know what I mean? Right. Like one big episode, even an hour long episode. Because oh, all the finales for all the series, all the season finales were hour long, weren't they? I think so. But uh, no, as far as Ahsoka, uh, I would love to see another Ahsoka novel, though. Because I, I didn't mind the first Ahsoka novel. It wasn't quite what I was expecting, but it wasn't that bad either. Um, E.K. Johnston did a pretty good job writing that, but... Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing like a prequel Ahsoka novel kind of touching on before the first one, like that, that order 66 thing. And that's if we don't get it in rebels, I still believe we're going to, but, uh, cause you know, everybody made this big deal about Ahsoka, whether she was alive or dead and you know, the, all this stuff, they wanted to see what happened to her. You know, we're going to see plenty. I mean, we're, yeah, we're, it's gotta be, you have to, you have to see Ahsoka and go, you know, with the, the, uh, order 66. I, I just feel like you have to. Like but, I said, I'm, I'm holding I'm holding out for a movie, but I wouldn't be disappointed in a book. And even if it doesn't tie in, like like we said, to the Order sixty six, I'd happily welcome a second Ahsoka book. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, no, that's that's uh, well, that was the book that they uh, first they find they they first introduced the the crystals, the lightsaber crystals changing colors. Mm-hmm. That was the book where they first actually introduced it. So yep. I, I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind seeing it somewhere else also. Uh, question number four this week comes from Emma McCarthy. Uh, and Emma says, I just finished the Battlefront 2 campaign for the first time. I was utterly shocked when, uh, IS, oh, and Inferno Squad turned to the Rebellion. What I thought was cool was how now when we see a lot of Imperials facing death, they're realizing that they had it wrong the whole time, like Admiral Versio. Do you like what they're doing, making the Empire more human and more sympathetic? Love the new podcast, by the way. Um, that's one thing I've always liked about the new canon so far is they're kind of humanizing the uh, the the Empire a little bit more. Because, I mean, even if you look at Lost Stars, when they blew up Alderaan, there were people going, what the hell did we just do? Why did we just... Are you, we just blew that planet up. Like, that was billions of people, you know? Right. So, and, and I think what she's referring to in Battlefront is at the end when Aiden's getting to her father. And she's trying to get him to leave. And he's like, no, I won't go. It's too late. You know, it's too late for me. Go, you know? So, I, I think that's what she's referring to. But, yeah, it's it's... It happens more and more now. You're starting to see Imperials, not all of them, obviously, but a lot of them, whenever they're about to go out, they're like, oh, crap, no, we we had this wrong the whole time. What have we, what have we been doing, you know? What, what do you think about this new gray area in, in Star Wars? Well, that, that's what I was going to say is I'm definitely enjoying the fact that there is humanization because we've, we've speculated that for years about the Imperials, you know, long before the new canon. 
that, you know, not everybody is the goose-stepping, you know, Gestapo of the uh, Galactic Empire. There are people who, who, you know, they're doing this because it's a job or they actually believe in the uh, protecting the Empire or, you know, whatever. And then they see these atrocities and it's like, what the hell are we doing? What are we involved in? And how the hell do I get out of this type deal? You know, that's why you have people like Han Solo. That's why you have people like uh, 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 Wedge Antilles and, and, and now Aiden Ursio. Um, but what I'm more fascinated with is the fact that this new canon, and especially from the fact, even though I know it's Lucasfilm, but that, you know, Disney in general has been exploring that the good guys are not squeaky clean. Like, they have a gray side, too, starting with things like, and I know it pisses a lot of people off, but I mean, like, Cassie and Andor killing the informant because he couldn't move uh, fast enough, or killing the uh, uh, Saw Guerrero member because he was shooting too close to... to uh, uh, Jen. Thank you, Jen Urso. You know, and uh, cough medicine's a bitch. Um, and then, of course, you, you, you go into further with, like, Luke not being as squeaky clean as he is in The Last Jedi. I know I know a lot of people get pissed off of the storyline, but it still does kind of reflect that gray area that the good guys are not always good and the bad guys are not as bad as they are all made out to be. Sometimes it's just the leadership and not the person carrying out the order. Yeah, no, I, I, I love the fact that they're doing that now. And, and you know, it's it's funny, though, because when you, they're they're trying to do this, like, from a certain point of view thing, like, you're only bad from a certain point of view, you're only good from a certain point of view. It depends on what your view of good and bad is. Uh-huh. But it's funny, in the films, you'll still see stuff like the evil galactic empire and the opening crawl, you know what I mean, and stuff like that. Or, you know, even in the new films, the evil first order. Even in the comics now, you know, and they got the crawl at the beginning, it'll say the evil first order and stuff like that. But then they turn around and try to humanize them a little bit. Well, it's because the, 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 the order itself, the, the representation itself is evil. Its mm-hmm. beliefs and standpoints are evil. But the people carrying out, sometimes they just they bought into the propaganda or they brought bought into the patriotism or they bought into whatever of what they're doing, not realizing that what they're doing could be atrocities. And then there's others who actually had their eyes open doing the atrocities going, what the hell am I doing? Yeah, no, I, I think it's a great new, uh, I guess you could say layer to the lore. You know, I think I think it's I think it's something a new aspect to a new variable that they've kind of thrown in that that really sets up some cool storytelling, though, you know. So uh, thanks for the question, though, Emma, and, and glad you like Battlefront. You know, I, I I need to go through and play that campaign again. If you haven't done it yet, play Resurrection. You're you're if you if you were surprised at the ending of uh, of uh, Admiral Versio, just just wait. Oh God, yeah, no Resurrection. Some I, we need some more DLC though. Yeah, we do. We really do need some more DLC for that. Uh, question number five this week comes from Kenny. Or, I'm sorry, not Kenny. Jimmy. God, I can't even. <laughs> From Jimmy, and I'm going to say that I'm going to butcher this into Cog, Coggy, Kage, K-O-G-G-E. I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm not Cog. even attempting it. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, brother, if I am butchering your name. I'm no, like I, I say it every other name. I'm no good with names. Uh, Jimmy says, longtime listener, Brian, the Canon Library has come a very long way. Uh, and it's cool knowing I've been here for the most of it. Uh, what are some of your thoughts and predictions about what episode nine could hold for us? And do you think it will redeem The Last Jedi in some of the haters' eyes? I love The Last Jedi, but wasn't a big fan of Solo, so I'm hoping Nine blows us out of the water. Thanks for taking my question in advance. What do you think, Chris? Um, I, I think I think JJ's going to attempt to to placate the the fan base. I, I said it in a in a previous podcast uh, that that this is JJ's uh, last ditch effort. I shouldn't say last ditch, but it's his last chance to reunite the fandom. 
Now, there are some of us who, who, who like or love The Last Jedi, and there's some of us who hated it. Most of us pretty much could give or take Solo. Um, but Last Jedi is really the polarizing one. I think, I think yeah, I, think, I, think, I don't necessarily think that J.J.'s going to sit there and retcon everything Ryan Johnson has done, but he is going to use the opportunity to be able to, to at least make sense of what happened in 8 to hopefully get people back on board with how the story finishes up. Well, even if that means retconning some stuff, you know, because I, I personally, just me personally, I hope they don't retcon anything. I hope that everything we heard was, I mean, face value. I really do. But, you know, even if it means retconning some stuff, if it means everybody will stop complaining and just being at each other's throats, do whatever. You know, I mean, just make it epic. Make it a satisfying conclusion to the Skywalker saga. You know, that that's all that's all you need to focus on is make it satisfying. That's it. That's that's it. That's all you got to do. Um, some of the things I wouldn't mind seeing, and obviously we're, we're going to see Luke back as a Force Ghost. That's that's pretty much a given. Um, I would really like to see Yoda and Obi Wan though. I would really like to see an Obi Wan Ghost, or or even Anakin, or even Anakin. If I were to retcon anything, it would be. Uh, well, there's a couple things I would, but I mean, since you're bringing the Force Ghosts in, of course I want to see them as well. But I wouldn't have them being physically involved with anything. Kind of the same role Obi Wan was in Empire and, and Jedi. Right. I guess no. Yeah. I could I could see Luke pulling like a Jacob Marley on Kylo Ren and just kind of terrorizing him, you know, because because of the line he gave at the, the last I line he gave. Love that. So yeah, I could I could see him kind of Jacob Marleying uh, Kylo, you know, especially while Kylo's in battle or something like that, taking his focus away. Oh, you missed. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of <laughs> taking his that. focus away and shit like that. You know, but. I don't. I don't want to see Force Lightning or Luke igniting a ghost lightsaber and taking oh, God, on no. Kylo or something like that. You know. Mm-hmm. God no, 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 no Force Ghost lightsaber battles. Um, no, I it, it, nine's gonna be a. It's gonna be sick, dude. And, and I really do it, because of how long the shoot is. I think it's gonna be a longer. It's gonna be a long ass movie, dude. I think it needs to be. Again, if this it if does. this if this movie is supposed to be the end of the Skywalker saga. The end of the lineage, the end of what made us all Star Wars fans to begin with. You've got to give it an epic, epic out. And I, I mean, you know, I, I hate to put this much pressure on the movie. You, you got to pull all the stops out. Yeah, I hate to put this much pressure on a movie, but this, this is, this is the swan song. Do it yeah. or don't. Yeah. No, this is the one. This is the one. Obviously, okay. Look, obviously, I'm a realist. Nothing is ever going to come close to being as good as the classic trilogy, right? Uh, like, nothing is ever going to... It's not going to elicit the same emotional response seeing the classic trilogy for the first time did, right? Right. But it has got to be... This is... Going into episode nine, this is going to have to be the... Uh, capital T, capital H, capital E, the most epic Star Wars film to date. Like, this has to be the one that when people sit and watch it, you see people bawling their eyes out and seeing the cinema, people laughing their asses off at certain parts, people gasping in horror or at plot twists, or, you know, this is the one that it's got to be. This is the one that everybody, you've got to make this movie the one everybody talks about for decades. But... But it can't have a it can't have a finale ending. It can't it can't have a finished ending. It does for the Skywalkers. It's got to have that. Yeah. that. That's the fine point. It's got to have a definitive end for the Skywalker since this is supposed to be the end of the Skywalker saga. But the doorway has to be open to the new the new stuff. Johnson's trilogy, uh, Benioff and Weiss's series. There has to be an opening saying that even though this story is done, the universe awaits. 
Well, just because like, it was not going to be like, you know, at the end, well, I don't want to give anything away because some people haven't seen certain movies, but it's like, it's not like at the end of the movie because the Skywalkers are gone, the universe just crumbles and disappears. You know what I mean? Like, it's still there. You know, you have to show at the end of the film that the universe is still there. People are still living their everyday lives. There are people in the galaxy never even heard of Skywalkers. You know, like, you've, you've got to keep that in mind. The galaxy's so huge that... Uh, I'll argue that point. Everybody knows who the fuck I, Darth I, Vader is. No. Everybody in the galaxy knows who Darth Vader is. Everybody in the galaxy after the uh, fall of the, um, uh, the Empire knows who Luke Skywalker is. Not necessarily, man. I would argue that point. I don't I don't know. I, I would love to see a planet, though, way out in the fringes, you know, close to unknown space that never heard of any of it going on. Well, if you're talking about that, maybe, but I'm talking within the confines of the uh, Galactic Empire or the uh, the New Republic or something. They they know that at least those two Skywalkers. Question number six this week. And I'm man, I keep you guys got some serious names. I'm not kidding. Uh, Tim- Timothy Strazok. Strzok. S-T-R-Z-O-K. Strzok? That sounds about right. I'll Timothy go with that. Timothy Strzok? Yeah, okay. I'm sorry, brother, if I'm butchering it. I don't know how many times I've had to say it so far this podcast, but I'm really sorry if we're butchering it. Uh, Timothy says, since Zahn is writing two more Thrawn novels, when do you think they'll take place? Personally, I hope the first new one picks up with, quote-unquote, that scene in Rebels with Ezra. That would be a great kicking off point. And for a second question, do you think we'll get a Snoke novel? Thanks for what you do. Love it. Snoke novel, yes. Uh, Thrawn novel. Uh, the two Thrawn novels where I want him to go off as I've not completed Thrawn Alliances yet. I don't even want to speculate because the Lord knows how <laughs> this is going to end. Well, it's got to end. It takes place before he pops back up in season four. So it's got to be like we know where he gets. He gets to that scene in season four with Ezra. Like that's where he eventually is going to get to. But having one of the, like the first novel you write, that the first of the next two novels he writes, you pick it up, and it's that scene where he's telling Ezra whatever happens next happens to both of us, you know, stuff like that. And it's like that be the first chapter. I would lose my mind over that. That'd be freaking cool as hell. Like to actually sit there and and read that and then follow that what happens with them. You know what I mean? Like right after Rebels. Well, I, I would say I would say this much too. I mean, I would not. It's purely speculation. Uh, but let's say for the sake of argument, out in the uh, unknown spaces, uh, Thrawn dies. Just just, just mm-hmm. for argument, I wouldn't right. mind Timothy Zahn. I don't want to say rehashing, but kind of bringing back the storyline of the hand of Zahn, or the the hand of Thrawn, where uh, where the you know the 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 legacy of Thrawn lives on. You know what I mean? I think I think that would be just as cool uh, for the next two Thrawn movies, depending on how it plays out. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. I, I, I'm still a firm believer in Thrawn had a lot to do with the rise of the First Order. So I'm, I'm really thinking that these, because he said these next two books can't come out until after Episode Nine. So once we get through Episode Nine, I think we're going to go back and cover that thirty some odd year gap between Jedi and Force Awakens. We're going to see the formation of the First Order like in detail, right? Not just like speculation and and, and little hints at it, but actual detail of it. Um, and I think and I think Thrawn's going to have a lot to do with that. I really do. Um, he almost has to, you know, uh, because of the stuff in the Aftermath trilogy that kind of talks about the Unknown Regions and Thrawn's from the Unknown Regions and the First Order gathering back out in the Unknown Region, you know, stuff like that. It, it, it all kind of connects back to itself. So I'm, I'm hoping to God we see Thrawn, like, help bring back the First Order, you know what I mean? Well, I was going to say, do you think that maybe Thrawn found Snoke and through some training or, or debates or something like that is the reason why Snoke came and created the First Order. Oh, it's possible. 
It's possible. I, I think the first. I, I feel like the first order was part of the emperor's contingency plan from the get go. Probably because I, I. Yeah, but it's 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 because he had this giant Operation Cinder in motion, right? For uh, in case in, in the event of his death. So I and I mean, if you read the aftermath uh, novels, they really do go into detail about what that was with these observatories around the galaxy and stuff. So, uh, and hell, we even saw another one of the observatories in Battlefront Two when we plays Luke when he got the compass, right? You know. So, uh, yeah, no, I think Thrawn had a lot to do with that. We're gonna we're gonna get a lot of Thrawn stuff, but yeah, I would really like to see it pick up with that with that scene. You know, that I mean, that exact scene. That'd be that'd be so cool. Well, Timothy Zahn has been uh, quoted in stating that uh, that he's not going to release any more of the Thrawns or talk about any more of the Thrawns until after Episode Nine, right? Because we speculate that there's a major tie-in. What if the puppet master all along wasn't Snoke? What if it was Thrawn? I'd be all right with that. We don't we don't know I mean, how long yeah, it just I mean, lives. Yeah, like Snoke still answered to somebody else. You know, yeah, no, that'd be cool. But but to answer the other question, yeah, I definitely think we're going to get a Snoke novel at some point. Um, we, we almost have to. I, no, I don't think it's going to be called Star Wars Snoke. You know, I don't think that's going to be the name of it. It'll have some cool title, but it'll be mainly about Snoke. And I think it's going to come after Episode Nine. Like I said, we're going to focus on that big gap between uh, Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. That's when you're going to start seeing Snoke pop up and stuff and, and kind of where he came from, how he came to power and stuff like that. Well, see, I firmly believe... And I don't mean like Brian and myself, but I mean in general, I firmly believe that Lucasfilm listens to the fan base, listens mm-hmm. to the podcast and everything else. And I think they have in the works ways they want to improve the stories or retcon some things that fans had issues with. But we're so finicky and, and, and fickle and, and impatient that we're not excited about the fact that it could come in a different format. It won't be in a movie, but it'll be in a comic or it'll be in a book or it'll be in a video game. You know, mm-hmm. stuff of that nature. And uh, I think, I think you know, patience is the biggest key for a Star Wars fan. You don't know. You might get your answers to everything you want to know. Just like the, the reason I say that is a lot of people want to know more about Snoke. It'd be stupid for Lucasfilm to not give us some sort of backstory. What if it was, what if this is their plan all along to, to make The Force Awakens and then make Last Jedi to where it just divided everybody and pissed them the fuck off? And then nine comes in and just saves everything. Like, what if that was? I mean, I don't think it was, but what if that was like their master plan the whole time? You say you say you don't think it was. I I would not be surprised if it was. You you really? Okay, Lucasfilm is Lucasfilm, but Disney is the master of emotional uh, manipulation with their for, from from day one. You know, from Snow White on. You know, name a name a Disney movie that doesn't tug tug at a heartstring or piss you off or or something of that nature. You know what I mean? They're master storytellers, and, and 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 then expecting that out of Lucasfilm when they made the merger and bought the fran- bought the franchise. I don't expect it to be that way, but I would not be in the least bit surprised if that was their plan all along. Is eight is eight is the middle chapter, and it's supposed to piss you off and leaving you feel hopeless and drained, right? And and, and make you hate yourself and and everything that, that yeah that's 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 the one you know and and uh, yeah I wouldn't be surprised at I don't think that's what. They did, but I mean, think about it. You, the, the Star Wars fan base is the fan base to do that too. If you're going to do it to anybody, oh, of course, like we the we are the troll. ones. Yeah, yeah, we are the ones. You know, so. <laughs> uh, but anyway, thanks for the question, Timothy. Thanks for being a follower and a listener, uh, listener brother. Uh, and the final question this week, we've been going for what about uh, just over a half hour? Yeah, this will be it'll be all right. Uh, the final question this week is a very simple one, and it comes from Kevin Wallace, and Kevin just simply says. 
So, do you think we'll get a Battlefront 3? Yes. Yeah? Not anytime soon, but yes. I, I think the franchise, for as much as people bitch about, like, the... Uh, the uh the, the loot crates and stuff like that which of course you know uh, ea has fixed you can't deny that the franchise this rebooted franchise has been popular among fan bases and especially with all the new stuff they've been bringing into battlefront 2 i think it's making more than enough money and is more than enough success that they will eventually do a battlefield battlefront 3 um i think it's bound to happen it's, it's, i think it's going to be completely reworked though if they do it um because i because i feel like the first battlefront was like a demo like, because they were working on the on the second one a lot longer. Well, they were working on the second one way before the first one even released. Right. So I feel like, I feel like they were like, God, we really want to get this out and see what people are thinking of it. Let's just release a multiplayer version of it only with just a few maps, you know, and get it looking pretty and get it out and see what people think of it. And then they released the first Battlefront, and then they got their feedback and was like, well, we're going to take that and apply it to Battlefront 2. And then we got Battlefront 2, like the main game, right? Like the one I think they planned on doing the campaign with the second one the whole time. I think they just threw the, the first one out as like a multiplayer like demo. I think I think it was just to like, yeah, excite people about there's new Star Wars coming. I think that's all Battlefront was. was It was a promotional tool about The Force Awakens. It was a promotional They wanted tool. it out at the same time. Yeah. Right. It was a promotional tool of, uh, hey, world, Star Wars has been rejuvenated because Lucasfilm is now part of Disney and we're popping out everything. I think Battlefront was just We are going to milk this sea cow. Yeah. Yeah. It was just LucasArts slash uh, video game division saying, hey, guess what? New games, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I will say this. That's one thing I really wish they'd bring back is LucasArts. That would be awesome. I, I really because I'm I'm playing through Jedi Outcast again, Jedi Knight Two, Jedi Outcast on my old my OG Xbox over there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, oh god, I forgot how good that that game is. I I, I forgot. So, oh my god, it's so good. Um, like I'm on the Doom Giver right now, and it's just it's it's I forgot how good that game, and I forgot all about the Shadow Troopers until one of them pissed me off the other day. <laughs> and it just the, the game is so good, and it's not just Jedi Outcast though, because you've also got I mean all the the whole Dark Forces series. You know you've got Knights of the Old Republic, you had the Starfighter series, you had Bounty Hunter. Yeah, I mean you had all these Force these other gr- Force Unleashed. Yeah, I mean you had the I mean the Phantom Menace uh, PC game that came out ninety nine. I had that. That was freaking awesome. Uh-huh. You know, like I, it's just the graphics were shittier than hell, but God, it was so good. You know, like it was just fun to play. And to be to be in fairness though, I mean we're we're comparing the graphics to the day. They right. were cutting edge when they released. Right. And in, in 99, yeah, no, that just uh, a uh, a Obi-Wan with like a hexagonal head with just a face printed on it going, "Yes, clean," you know, like just nodding doing this. Yeah. That that was that was the big thing back then, right? Uh-huh. But that was that was so freaking cool, dude. I just they need to bring LucasArts back. They could do so much with LucasArts now, especially linking LucasArts in with the story group. Right. You know, so I mean, because at the time they didn't have the story group for LucasArts. Now we've got this big group saying you can do this, this and this. You can't do this and this and this. Go for it. You know, like Luke, they could really come up with some good stuff. I really I really think they could. Look, let's be honest here. Force Awakens made almost four billion dollars total. It almost it almost paid for the, the sale of Lucasfilm to begin with. And then the last Jedi made two, upwards of two billion dollars, and even Solo, I think, got to the billion mark. Let me see what Solo made, or at least will once it gets the DVD sales in, involved and everything else, right? Right. So you're you're talking about six, seven billion dollars. Disney's got the money. Lucasfilm has the money to reopen their computer division. They really do. 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, Solo made... <laughs> I should have known. Solo made $392 million. That is bad. Yep. Okay, I retract my statement. I really had more hope for that's, it. And that's, and that's, that's worldwide. Yeah, I, I had I had a lot more hope for Solo than I guess I thought I did. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. I knew Never it was mind. Low, but still, I guess I didn't realize it was that billion low. dollars. Yeah. Can still open Luke, reopen LucasArts and then bring all the the gaming uh Star Wars gaming stuff back in house and have it under a control of a, ma- a master storyteller. Right. No, that, that I think that I think that's the key right there is just to get uh, one person in charge of you know video game storytelling and and one person in charge of film storytelling, one person in charge of comics, and have them all work together. You know what I mean? Like right. So I mean, yeah, I think we're definitely going to get a Battlefront three. I think it. You think it'll have a campaign? If it does, I, I was just thinking about this. The hardest thing about Battlefront is uh, the new incarnations are are primarily MMOs. Let's mm-hmm. call it what it is. They're they're multiplayer online. So yeah. it's hard to judge when the end of a run of a MMO is before you come out with the next MMO. Uh, right now, they're adding new campaigns, new ma- or not campaigns, new maps and new characters and new skins, and they're they're milking Battlefront too for what it's worth right now. So that's still alive and well. Um, I personally think we won't see Battlefront three until we're well into the stories of the the the. the the new saga series is whatever. And I think Battlefront will, if it has a campaign, will tie in with those. You know what? I was just sitting here thinking, I would really like to see Old Republic go to console. There was talks about it for the longest time, but I, I don't know what tied it up. What kept them from doing it? Yeah. Because I, I, you got DC Universe online, you got Star Trek online on there. I mean, you've got, you've got all these other MMOs you can play now, but not Old Republic. Yeah, like, come on, man! Like I would play Old Republic on my PlayStation. Well, I, I think I, I think I think Neverwinter is the one that proves to me that if if you could do Neverwinter on a console, you could do uh, you you should be able to do Old Republic because it it almost seems like it would be the same interface to me. I've never played Old Republic, so I I don't know anything about it. Uh, I I know it's got a serious cult following, but but uh. Well, first off, it ties in, into it, it ties into the world of Revan and Knights of the Old Republic, which everybody absolutely loves. As far as like uh, EU stuff, I would say that that would rival as the most important EU stuff imaginable was was uh, Revan, Malice, and the Old Republic. Um, so that definitely has a call following, and because you know, past or present Lucasfilm has never touched on the uh, mythos of the Old Republic, people are still tied into the fact of like. This could still become canon. It's not yet, but it could still become canon. And I think it's strong enough that there, there, there's obviously a couple things you'd have to recon or fix in the story, but there's nothing that says the old Republic as is couldn't become canon. It was really well written. Well, see, that's going to suck too because if they ever do make it canon, I have to start at day one and go and go all the way through that sucker. I mean, you want to talk about a let's play? Holy crap. That's 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 gonna be a hell of a one. I suggest starting now. I've oh got a character. God. I'll run with you. Oh my god! Oh <laughs> uh, well. Anyway, guys, I think that is going to do it for this episode of the Canon Podcast. We've been going for close to forty-five minutes. Like I said, it was going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, uh, but that's all right. It doesn't always have to be a whole lot, does it? Uh, Chris, where can the good people find you at? Uh, drug-induced coma in my bedroom. Um, oh wow. <laughs> 
You can find me anywhere on RealmOfTheMist.com, uh, Realm of the Mist YouTube channel, uh, right here on the Star Wars Canon Podcast. You can find me on the Realm of the Mist Patreon page and, of course, the Twitch TV channel as well. Fair enough, brother. And you guys can find me right here on the Star Wars Canon Library. All of the time, we've got the podcast going. We're going to have stuff going up on the Patreon. Um, this weekend, I've already got a couple of new posts on there just for the patrons. Uh, and I'm sending out the bookmarks finally for everybody, all the patrons. I finally got those in the mail yesterday. I got uh, one coming. Yeah, Chris has got one coming too, so I finally got those in the mail. Head over there and check that out. Make sure to like the Facebook page as well. Give us a like and a follow there so that you know when the next live Q&A is going to be. Make sure to check out the website, StarWarsCanonLibrary.com, which I spent all day today. Literally all day today, making new graphics for it and re redoing the timeline, doing the upcoming can like everything on it is completely up to date at this point. Oh, so, do we want to talk about real quick before we get out of here uh, the fact that we were playing uh, Order sixty eight last night? Yeah, go for it. And uh, new maps. Uh, we didn't see a whole bunch of new maps, but we saw one brand new map uh, during Blast, and it was like it was the first map we played, didn't we? Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know they dropped. I didn't know they had this map on the game at all. <laughs> like, it, I just didn't know. We we went to uh, Naboo, but it wasn't it wasn't the throne room. Uh, Battlefront Two had uh, brought, and I'm sure this is old news to everybody else, but it shocked the shit out of us when we were playing last night. You know, was uh, that there's. Uh, now the hangar bay and the area where Maul fought uh, Obi Wan and Qui Gon, the, uh, the, the, yeah. the the high ground, the, the big areas, power generator, the big room, power yeah. generator room, which was beautiful. Oh, it was, it was I got killed so many times on that match map. just because I was walking around looking at stuff. <laughs> but uh, but I was really want to go down to that hallway where the where the ray shield was, you know, where Obi Wan and Maul really finished off. Yeah, yeah. I really wanted to get down there, but it was outside the map, but. I mean, maybe on Galactic Assault, I don't know. Maybe on Galactic Assault, there's a map where there's a gameplay where you get to there, you know, get there at some point. But true, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it was it was really cool. I'm glad you brought that up because that did surprise the hell out of me. Uh, but I think that's going to do it for us, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for being followers. I cannot wait until the next time we talk. So until next time, guys, this is Brian and Christopher signing off. And may the force be with you. Always. <laughs>